with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper. The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across it. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello, hello, hello. This is Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're back. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We are sorry we've been away for a while, but we are happy to be back. Episode 40, man, 40 episodes. This is this is pretty surreal. We're, we're getting up there. We're going to keep putting out great content for you guys. Again, all of that. Here from Los Angeles, Girls Soccer Network, www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Of course, if you want to download and spread the love of this podcast, by all means, we need it. We would love it. Okay, you can tell Siri to play the podcast on your own, which is amazing. To ask whatever podcast episode you're looking at, whether you want to subscribe to the show, all of that is possible. Again, do not forget to share this and subscribe and do whatever you need to do to get the latest for our podcasts. And we appreciate all the love and support that you guys have given us. It's a blessing to be able to do this, really. It really truly is. Quick reminder before we get into the show, Hannah, one of our writers... She's been doing a show called On the Ball, a trivia live Instagram show. Uh, It's been doing really great. Again, four different categories with levels and the chance to win prizes. You're definitely going to want to tune in every Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to get on that, guys. Check our Instagram out, at Girls Soccer Network, and get on that. First matter of business out of the way. Next, of course, we got to get to a lot of women's soccer coverage. There have been so many different leagues, so many different things to catch up on between the Challenge Cup, between the Champions League, between the FAWSL, the the NCAA tournament for women's soccer. Everything is going on right now. And so it's a prime time to get into everything. Plus a very awesome interview with Paige Monahan, a story involving Tobin Heath, a great story involving Tobin Heath. So be sure to keep it locked. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss that either. All right. Getting right into it, the Challenge Cup was, I think for the most part, a success. Again, a lot of eyes on the league, a lot of uh, a lot of attention. You know, the level of play might not have been what we would have hoped, I think. You know, in terms of we could have had more goals, that's for sure. Five nil-nil games over the course of the tournament, uh, not ideal. Definitely some, some preseason vibes with some of the teams, uh, I think. You know, when you look at Gotham and you look at Portland, the two teams that made it to the final, they were the two that really, truly did not take this like a preseason tournament. They came out ready to win, and and you could see it in their play. So as we go down each one of these teams, I think, you know, we have to start with the final. Uh, we have to start with how Gotham really, truly pushed Portland to the brink in, in that game, in, in that final game, even though, uh, you know, Portland probably could have taken their chances 
a little bit better. That game could have been over in the first half, but Gotham, as tough and as resilient as ever, they refuse to back down. They are a team that is just... I mean, to me, I, I love watching them play because you can never count them out. And then, of course, we have the rebrand that everyone is talking about. Um, the, the team themselves wanted to talk about and really show out on the pitch how things would be different, embracing more of their dark side. And and they've and they really just defended incredibly well all all tournament. And you can expect more of that going into the NWSL season. And we did see it, in fact, in in their debut to start the year, beating the Houston Dash one nil impressively. Uh, so it's this is shaping up to be what could be a great year for Gotham. You now you're playing at Red Bull Arena as well. You know, so much to look forward to. And I think they are certainly in the top four discussion. But the way they pushed Portland to the brink, even though they didn't get it done, and they lost in penalties, this Courage team, you cannot count them out. Portland was, you know, they looked so good. Outside of, you know, Sophia Smith's inability to finish, I'm not sure what was going on there because we've seen her take those chances many, many, many times. But... Yeah, between, you know, Christine Sinclair picking Carly Lloyd's pocket for the goal. I mean, that was a special moment. Simone Charlie is developing into her own. Portland's doing a great job of developing their younger talent. Now, the interesting thing is, who is going to be the new coach with Mark Parsons leaving to coach the Netherlands? That's going to be a very interesting situation to track because Mark Parsons has built something great there in in Portland and you need to bring in another high-profile manager in order to maintain the brand that is the Portland Thorns and to maintain the, the love and the the culture that is surrounding the club, the passionate fan base will want to be very, very sure that they bring in the right guy, you know, to make sure that they are able to continue and maintain some level of continuity between the two systems, depending on who the new manager is and who they decide to bring in, what type of style they want to play. But Portland, I think in general, will be the favorite to win because they just... They are looking so good as a team right now. And Morgan Weaver is also a, a super fun player to watch as well. I mean, it's it's kind of old news now to kind of bring it up. But, of course, how could you forget the, the incident with uh, with Kristen Edmonds, who who is a longtime veteran of the game in that in that first, uh, first matchup? That was quite a moment. And I know people will say, what is she doing? That's not good for the league. Um, but, honestly, a little more passion and frustration, you know, I think it's good. Like, we need to have a little bit of everything. We can't just have players playing like robots out there and, you know, hope that we get more out of it. We need to see a little bit of everything that to add to the drama of women's soccer, to add to the NWSL. So, for me, like, more passionate, fiery, and intense players would would really spice things up. And so I think uh, that's okay. But when you think about, again, going back to the Thorns, they, to me have definitely solidified themselves as the favorites, even though I had Chicago going into the cup. Um, I had Chicago going into the cup. I don't know what happened to them. Pretty hard to explain what's going on there. I th- either there's got to be fractures in the locker room or, or you know, Rory Dames just hasn't been able to get this team ready, at least for this first competition, because there is no, there's no more excuses, if I could be totally honest with you, with how much talent they have and how much continuity that I'm, that they've been able to keep over such a long period of time, they shouldn't have, you know, they shouldn't be having the problems that they're having. And with the addition of Mallory Pugh scoring, that's, that's going to be a welcome sight for Chicago, but they need to get it together 
for the regular season. There is no question. They have to get it together. I don't know. You know, it's it's tough to say whether they will actually be a top four team or not and get in that playoff spot. But anyway, let's move over to the rain, who really, I think, playing the Thorns, uh, Dash, and Red Stars held their own. The addition of Ziara King made such a huge difference to this locker room. I cannot tell you. That trade is a huge trade. Her energy and her vibes, clearly, she's one of those people who can help bring other people together is what it seems to me. You could see how, like, infectious that energy is, and they seem to be just playing so well as a team on both ends. And they even have Megan Rapino. You got Jessica Fishlock back in the mix, and then you're talking about the addition. <laughs> we all saw this coming, right, with Olympic Lyon buying the rain. Now, of course, it's just going to make it a, a pipeline for some of their stars to come back and, and play in America. And now they will be. Jennifer Marazan, Sarah Buhadi, and Eugenie Le Somer. Are you kidding me? Those are like those are like through the vet top 15 players in the world easily. And you're getting them on your team. And oh, and don't forget, they also acquired the rights of Rose Lavelle. So all of a sudden, even though we just picked Portland, you know, to be the favorites, the rain, the Cascadia rivalry is going to be wow. Wow, 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 wow. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for that. Once we get everyone on the pitch at the same time, that's going to be the, the big issue, though. How many games will they play for? Uh, how often will they play? The consistency with which they're going to play in the NWSL is is definitely a factor. So we're going to have to see exactly how that plays out. But the rain are exciting all of a sudden. Out of nowhere, they are another team that has made the moves necessary to catapult them into the title discussion with those moves. Moving on, Orlando. I've been saying it now. I, after being so hard on them, you could really tell that Mark Skinner is is starting to build something from the ground up, and, and they're creating their own culture, and everyone's playing for each other, which is so important. And Orlando, between all the, you know, the star players that they have between... Tony Presley and uh, Marta, Alex Morgan, Sidney LaRue coming back and and really starting to, to put pressure on opposing defenses. Orlando has some pieces to, you know, to do some damage this year. Will they, are they in the playoff discussion this year? I don't think so. They could be in that fifth or sixth range, but you never know with, with Orlando and, you know, which team's going to show up really, because sometimes they've been, they will get run off the pitch. But in this Challenge Cup, they they looked great. I thought they looked great. And so I think as long as they carry that momentum forward to the regular season, they're, they're going to be just fine. They're, they're an interesting team to keep an eye on as well. Next, Kansas City. I think, look, you get most of the players from Utah. But why would you trade away Ziara King and then you lose Kristen Press to Manchester United? So can they overcome that, really? can they, they don't seem to be a team that is eager to make a move for a star player at this, at this present moment in time. And so, you know, Kansas City is a team that's always going to play hard. They're tough, not going to go away. They take on the identity of, of Amy Rodriguez, who is their leader. You know, Mallory Weber and Michelle Vasconcelos, they have veterans in the team. They have like a decent core of players, but it's still too young, and, and I think 
they're going to have a hard time getting wins because if if Amy Rodriguez doesn't score every game, you know, where are the goals going to come from for Kansas City? I don't know where. You know, you drafted a couple players, but we didn't see much of them in the in the Challenge Cup at all. So it doesn't seem like you know, either Kansas City's got to really develop their younger players somehow, or they're going to be in for a long year. And we kind of saw it against Louisville in that first game, a nil-nil. Going to the spirit, I think the emergence of Trinity Rodman is exactly what we're all looking for, right? She is the youngest player drafted into, you know, drafted into the league and is already showing flashes of why Washington took this you know, use their use that pick on her, and I think they're starting to realize that they they might have something special. But the rest of the team, I don't know where they were this tournament. This was not a, the best showing. Um, they had 19 shots in their game against Orlando with no goals to show for it. So their finishing overall has to be better. Both Ashleys, Ashley Sanchez and Ashley Hatch, need to do more. They have to do more. Ashley Hatch had a couple, you know decent years maybe a year or two with the courage in a system that was that helped her with that team it helped and so that was good enough for the spirit to be like yeah we we should make a trade for her but come she has come nowhere near as a striker like to bringing home that return that they expected from her in terms of goal scored so again the spirit trinity rodman in the mix but can they get goals consistently? Because I think we've seen with the spirit that their defense uh, and Aubrey Bledsoe, like they're they're great there. They're set. It's where do the goals come from? That's really what it comes down to. They don't have that goal score yet, and you wonder why teams will spend, like just specifically talking on the men's side, why they will spend exorbitant amounts of money to pay for strikers <laughs> because you just need the goals. You need it. Even if it's some random guy who no one's ever heard before, who you know might be coming from this from a, a Brazilian league or another league, the, the people will spend the money, right, to to get the goals, even if it doesn't work out. So these some of these teams ha- just have to try, go out and get someone else, go out and get another star. Of course, you know Kelly O'Hara is there now too. So there, I believe they're going to be in the mix as well. But the spirit need to do it over the course of a whole season and that's that's really the toughest thing can they do it over the course of the entire season the courage i mean i don't know how to feel about the courage man could this be the end of it them giving up four goals to gotham that's what cost them you know that that finals appearance but i mean dabinia was voted mvp of course that's deserving i mean who else? Like she's arguably the best player in the world right now, and it's it's hard to debate that. Dabinia, Lynn Williams, J Mac, K Ham, Casey Murphy. Like this team is still loaded. Getting Casey Murphy was such a great move by the Courage to have her in net. I mean, she clearly has proven that she's going to be a number one keeper for a long time. And then you have, like I mentioned, in attack, they are just fine. you got Merritt Mathias coming back. So I think, you know, the Courage are a definite playoff team. I think people might be down on them a little bit because they didn't make it to the final. But this team, trust me, will be back. They will not be the same team. They will not be the same dominant force that we have been used to seeing, unfortunately. But they will... I'm sure put up some goals on some teams that that you can guarantee 
whether they win all those games, we've yet to see just like the Gotham game where it was a 4-3 thriller. But the Courage have an opportunity here to, I think, make another run at a title. It'll be a lot tougher with how, you know, Portland, the Rain, Gotham. There's, you know, there's a lot of great teams this year, Houston. So this league is getting more and more competitive, and it's going to be so much fun to see how this season plays out. Louisville, one of the new teams, I think, has been... To me, like you could tell, they're still trying. To me, they're still trying. I got I got some flack in one of the articles I wrote about how I think Louisville, you know, is going to be not good, but just how they've they've done the best that they've possibly can with given the situation. And like I think they they put together a, as good a team as they could possibly put together. And that's why I I still feel like you know Christy Holly and this team are going in the right direction. And they're gonna be able to build on something from the Challenge Cup, even though it wasn't as great. Like those those two draws, they were able to, you know, you know, they were able to keep it together, and they they did not get blown out as you know in this cup really. Like in terms of they were never clearly outclassed by anyone. So Louisville is gonna be in this league to stay. They're gonna be fun to watch. They got great jerseys as well. Great you know, kids, great players, they're going to play an attacking, they're trying to play an attacking style, so, you know, Louisville is, is going to be a team to watch, we'll, we'll see how they do, CC Kaiser is, might be their go-to player this year, um, along with Savannah McCaskill, Yuki Nagasato, they probably could, could be playing a little more, but CC Kaiser is looking like she's going to get the opportunity to really um, shine, if, if she can score consistently. We also have the signing of Ebony Salmon from Bristol City. If you have not seen this girl, check her out. This girl can play and and young too. So this is going to be a fun addition to have her. I'm very intrigued to see what she does against NWSL defenses. She is she is one of the types of players who I've been clamoring for for years to come to the league. We need more types of players with more flair, panache, things like that. She brings it. So uh, Louisville got another good young player to add to that already young team. And, uh, you know, I think the future is still bright for this new organization. Then, of course, last but not least... The Houston Dash. They've proved, okay? I think we know that they have arrived. They also were unable to, you know, get to the final. I think a lot of people expected them to. The question for me is can they remain healthy for a full season over the summer, plus international duties, the whole shebang? This team is built for the four-game round robin, in my opinion, based on the format and everything else. That's what this team is built for because Rachel Daly, Christy Mewis, Shea Groom, if any one of them gets hurt, any one of them, this team is not the same. We've seen what this team looks like without either any one of them out of the lineup. When they're all together, they are scary. They are a threat. They could beat anyone in the league and like on any given day and, and embarrass teams too with their movement and chemistry and working as well as they do together. Um so, you know, they just do they have the the depth over a full season to get it done. As long as they stay healthy, I think they do. I think this is the year they make they get that first ever playoff appearance because again the challenge cup kind of doesn't necessarily I mean it counts as I guess, you know, a competitive match, but it's not it's not the NWSL playoffs. It's not the same thing. So for Houston, this has gotta be that year. This has gotta be the year. 
that they get that first ever playoff appearance. And I'm, I'm sure they are fully prepared and they're not the type of team to, you know, lay a rest on their laurels. They're going to keep pushing. So I think Houston is, you know, indefinitely, definitely in the mix for a playoff spot, potentially a top two spot, depending on how they can do over the course of the entire season. Okay, it is time. We have a very special guest on this episode of the podcast, Paige Monahan, forward striker for uh, Gotham FC out of Butler University. Uh, had a great conversation with her guys. Here it is. Check it out. Paige, how are you and the team feeling after the Challenge Cup? And what do you and the team need to do to carry this momentum forward into the regular season? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, looking back at the Challenge Cup, I think it's really easy to uh, be disappointed and say, oh my gosh, like what happened? You know, we lost to Portland, we didn't win the whole thing, you know, what did we need to do? But really, after, you know, taking a couple of days after and reflecting, you know, this team has grown a lot, you know, from my rookie year until now. Um, it's been a crazy difference, but even within last year to this year and you know, I think we started to really um, make a name for ourselves that we're not this underdog team. You know, we're a good team. Uh, we have a lot of things that we're instilling in our game and how we're going to play. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I think it was a good little kickoff for the season. You know, I didn't look at it as a preseason tournament, but also being realistic, you know, we didn't even have our first game yet So of the season. So I'm excited. Um, we definitely learned a lot during our time, and we'll carry it over until the full season. Cool. And uh, overall, you'd say that the feeling, like you said, the feeling in the locker room is more of optimism than it would be you guys are down because of the loss. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, it's really easy to turn around and be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we lost. What can we do? Blah, blah. But really, it's like, all right, you know, what did we learn from that game? What can we do from all the games moving forward? What do we, what worked? What didn't work? You know, how can we adapt? So, and, you know, Portland's a great side. They always mm-hmm. are. So credit to them. But, yeah, I think there's a feeling of optimism and, you know, excitement to get this season started and, you know, let's make these games count. For sure. Uh, you mentioned in, in interviews from the past that your ultimate goal is to be a part of the best team in the world, meaning the U.S. women's national team, and to be the best version of yourself and to be the best that you can be. What are some of the things you've been working on to help expand your game and skill set to, to achieve that goal? Yeah, so, you know, I definitely, it's like my personality that I always just want to be the best in everything and just, you know, be full-hearted and give everything, you know, everything I got, whatever situation is, um, mm-hmm. with my family, with my relationships, friends, uh, soccer, on and off the field. I just want to do my best always. So, yeah, I think that for me as a player, you know, I have strengths and obviously one of them is that I'm quicker and, you know, um, I get behind and I can, you know, finish those opportunities for us. But, you know, I really just wanted to improve my overall skill set. So really just, you know, growing my game. You know, I could be really good at getting behind all day, but I want to expand my game. So possession, combination play, um, 1v1, back to goal. So really I'm just improving everything I can to become um, a well-rounded player. And, you know, credit to my coaches, Freya and Rebecca and Becky Tweed for really, and even our goalkeeper coach, honestly, for really helping me just become a complete player. And, you know, 
balance out everything and just make my weaknesses my strengths and make my strengths even better. So it's been a learning process for sure. And I think you can see it with a bunch of the Gotham players um, this year. But yeah, I'm excited. You know, just want to become better and better. Absolutely. Uh, you were the first player, of course, drafted from the history in the history of, of Butler University. And uh, what are some things you, you took from your time at Butler that you've been able to take with you to the pros? Yeah, so my coaches there and the girls, um, you know, Rob Bowman, Terry St. John, Rob Cloddy were my coaches there. And they really kind of kickstarted my, hey, if you put your mind towards this and if you can achieve anything you want to. And I think, you know, being the first player at Butler, it didn't really I didn't really know if it was going to happen, but then getting drafted, you know, the first player and then getting drafted number 10 overall, it just finally felt like if I work for something, you know, it will happen. It might take time. Um, it might take a couple bad games in between there, but, you know, if I just really set my mind to it and, you know, just being disciplined and making choices and sacrifices and working hard, um, it will all pay off. So I really credit my success to them and, you know, they just taught me to be unapologetically me and just, you know, really work hard and, you know, relish that working hard and, and really enjoy the game because, you know, who won't, who knows how long I'll be able to play and, you know, anyone can really play. So, yeah, I'm just really enjoying every opportunity that I have. And how hard would you say it is to stay disciplined day in and day out to, tr you know, to be a true professional? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't really understand um, how much work girls put in. You know, I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, they go to practice for two hours, easiest job in the world. Um, <laughs> it, it is the best job in the world, I will say that. It, it, you know, it is easy per se, you know, playing the game, but there's so much that um, work that goes unnoticed. You know, that's individual training, that's film, that's what we eat, that's what we sleep, that's what we do in our spare time. So it's a ton of sacrifice, you know, even like missing events and, um, weddings and you know things that everyone gets to go to we don't necessarily um are able to go to so yeah it's a lot of sacrifice but you know I have such an amazing support system who just taught me and loves me unconditionally so yeah it's been I've been blessed that you know there's a lot of sacrifice but my support system is so supportive and my loved ones love me so much that it just makes this process so much more fun and you know a lot smoother Absolutely. When you have those people in your corner, it, it, it makes things a lot easier, I'm sure. Well, not easier, but it's just great to have them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel about the rebrand from Sky Blue to Gotham? How much of a change did it have on the locker room, and does it feel like a fresh start? Oh, it really does. I mean, it looks so cool. Credit mm -hmm. to our media, credit to our staff, you know, at least, just for really knocking that one out of the park, because... <laughs> I don't know at first it was like Gotham you know but right. then it was like okay Gotham like I can take this like this is pretty cool you know change is hard for everyone I think uh, but they really did a great job and just knocked it out of the park with that one everything looks really cool feels really cool um, you know they stepped up their media um, shout out to Dre she has just really stepped up for us and it's really just capturing awesome moments and making us look really freaking cool so um, <laughs> But, yeah, it just feels good. I think it's just one of those things, like, you know, when I was at Sky Blue, um, there was definitely changes happening. Um, but it's just moving forward. It's just elevating our game. It's elevating our team. It's 
you know, no bad blood. It's just positive things going forward. So, yeah, I think it was a really good decision, and I think they did a really great job with it. So it's cool being, you know, the Gotham girls. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a moniker now and the, and the jerseys to go with it. It's like you guys have a, have your whole image going. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Right. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. So, you know, been in the league a couple years now. Um, what has been the most memorable moment of your career to this point, would you say? Oh, good question. Um, a couple come to mind. Um, I think for me, uh, my first start was a big deal. And that was a fun game because we were playing Portland at home and I was supposed to play outside forward. And then we had an injury and warm up. So it was like, all right, rookie, you're starting the game and you're going to play right back now. And you're marking one of the best players in the world, Tobin Heath. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, you know, at the time, uh, Denise Reddy was the coach and she was so funny with me. She was like, listen, you could do it. You know, you're athletic, you're smart, you're strong, you know, be smart. But she said to me, like, stay with the line, just stay with the line, do not go forward. Like, you got to stay, you have to, you know, honor Toby Keith's presence. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's Toby Keith, like, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I had, my teammates were awesome and it was such a quick change that I just focused in real quick. Um, whatever, we play. I think we went up like two nothing, maybe. I think we ended up tying, but we were up like one or two nothing, and we can And I was playing well, um, and we get in the locker room, and Denise looks at me and she goes, "Paige, the one thing I said was to not go forward." She goes, "What did you do? You went forward." And she's like, "Thank you for not listening to me because that was the best choice you made." <laughs> um, and everyone laughed, and it was just, uh, it was a really, it was a big moment for me because, you know, as much as like what she said was smart and was like stay with her you know do not let Tobin run free it was just like I was able to play and I read the game and you know I was in a position I didn't think I'd be in and I did a great job and um, even Tobin Heath I don't even know if she knows it but I felt a little respect from her which was just like an amazing thing for me being so young going against one of the best players in the world um, you know it was cool so that was one moment that sticks out my, in my head uh, which is probably not really like a favorable one but uh, definitely my first goal to um, getting the assist from Carly Lloyd um, scoring against Chicago. And then, um, you know, you're tied one, one, I think Sam Kerr scored late in the game. And then I just was like, you know what? My first goal is I can't tie, you know, it just wouldn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So uh, got a great ball sent through and just knew I had to get on the end of it and then played a left footed ball um, around Alyssa Nair and scored. So yeah, that was another, uh, really good moment in my career and I think just you know kind of kick-started it of you know I can do this um just want to have more moments like this so yeah those would be my top two kind of cheated with that answer <laughs> no, those, are, sure. <laughs> those are those are great those are great answers uh, now would you say like there were growing pains your rookie year and were there things that like you kind of had to like like initiation as a rookie coming into the league were there situations like that oh for sure I mean it's kind of weird to do like this is my third year but obviously last year with the COVID year was so weird that I kind of feel like my rookie year and uh challenge cup last year were like my rookie year combined you know mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's just like the play is so much quicker you know in college you know there's great players there of course and but it's um a lot slower where here it's like if you take more than three touches like you are getting nailed and you are getting countered and you're getting punished mm-hmm. um 
so I think that was like a growing pain for me of where I was like, oh my gosh, it's so fast here. Like, am I ever going to be able to, you know, be at the tempo that the girls are at? But, you know, my teammates were awesome and just very supportive where it was like, you'll get the hang of it. Don't worry. And then you'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, um, I don't even remember when, when I, when I felt slower than everyone, which is, you know, how I feel today. Now I feel like I'm pushing the tempo of practice and I'm, if I'm slacking, you know, that lowers practice. So yeah, it's a, it's a weird shift, but, um, I definitely, you know, soaked it in. Um, of course there were growing pains, but yeah, I think with the help of my teammates and, you know, just with the confidence and self-belief in myself, I was able to do it. Yeah. Do you see yourself becoming a captain someday? Captain of Gotham FC? Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we have so many captains, like, on our team every single day. You know, people who whose work might not be, you know, on the media or a big display or play of the game, um, but how they carry themselves, how they handle their recovery, you know, what they're doing on and off the field. So if I was able to be captain, it'd be a really cool experience, and I definitely would relish it. But, um, yeah, I think for the meantime, I think it's, like, we all kind of have a captain mentality and mm-hmm. captain persona where, you know, that's what we expect to do day in, day out, whether you have an armband on, on you or not. And if you do have the armband on you, it really says a lot. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's I'm still your... a little young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just, I feel like from the way you have you kind of have handled yourself so far, I feel like, and the way that you talk about the locker room, I, I just feel like down the line it definitely seems like, uh, a potential opportunity for you. But I think it was very interesting how you just said, like, everyone's a captain. And that's something I've actually never heard anyone say before. So I think that's just really awesome that it's it's truly feels like a team. And that's what I love about watching Gotham is you guys never give up. Like, never. You could be down and you are always going to scrap to the to that last whistle goes. So, uh, yeah, I love you guys. But, um right. <laughs> Thank you so much. But yeah, I mean, it's so true. Really, there's so many great people. And I think there's like different levels of, you know, there's pers- there's people who say things, there's people who show with their work, there's people who show, you know, with communication. So yeah, um, it's a really good team to be a part of. And I'm really excited to kick off this year. Mm-hmm. Now, um, growing up, who would you say your soccer idol was? Or was there any player you tried to emulate your game after? Yeah, so kind of funny. I'll kind of embarrass myself here, but I only watched like women's soccer growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I was able to go to some games, but you know, even like <laughs> there's, there's some premier players that I have no idea who they are, and people make fun of me. They're like, "What? Like he's on Barcelona, he's on this," and I'm like, "I I didn't watch them growing up." You know, <laughs> I watched Heather O'Reilly, I watched Shannon Box, I watched Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan. You know, uh, Christine Lilly, Christine Rampone, like those were the people that I watched growing up and who I wanted to be. And, you know, I think it started from such a young age that, you know, I wanted to be on Team USA. I wanted to play professional soccer. I, you know, wanted to be, you know, these people, but also I knew I could do it. I could bring a different, you know, person to the game. So I think there wasn't really one specific player, but it was almost just learning to you know, what do all of these women do well and you know, how can I apply that to my game? Because I'm always going to be myself, you know. I think in the league it's really easy to just try and be someone you're not of, like, playing and fitting into a certain style. But 
but really I'm always going to be me and then I will add elements to my game. So, you know, as much as um, I'm a quick player and I get in behind, um, I've learned things from Carly Lloyd of how, you know, she um, is back to goal. And I've seen things from, um, you know, Shannon Box of how she, you know, defends at pieces. So I think it's more just learning one of the good things that these players are doing and how I can apply it to my game. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's a bunch of players. It's, again, sorry for a pop-out answer, but, you know, there's so many amazing women in the NWSL, and it's so easy to, you know, find players to emulate. And um, it's just really exciting that, you know, I get to play with them and compete with them. And, you know, I think uh, when I hear other players say, you know, kind things or positive things about me, it's, it's kind of surreal because I would be the same about them. So, you know, I'm really excited. I'm excited for this league. Um, and I would say, you know, you've, like you said, you, when you put your mind to it, you were able to get to the professional level. What is your advice to all the young girls out there trying to make it to the college or pro level? Yeah, my advice, and I said this before, um, I've had like similar questions and I say, whatever your thing is in life, you know, I think you have the opportunity to do it full hearted. I hope that it's, you know, college soccer because it was the best thing ever for me and obviously being a professional soccer player. But whatever your thing is, you know, just do it. Do it wholeheartedly, give it everything you got because, you know, you'd rather say, Oops, I did this and what um so for me, if they want to say, oh, I want to play college soccer, I would say, go out and play. You know, play with your family, play with your friends, uh, compete. Um, you know, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, but, you know, it'll be worth it if you're just giving it everything you got. You know, they take time. Um, my road to college soccer was not normal. I joined, um, I actually didn't make a bunch of teams growing up. Um, I tried out for ODP, didn't make it. Tried out for Madison, didn't make it. Um, it was my freshman year of high school, tried out for PDA, and somehow made it. Uh, because I didn't make all these other teams, I didn't think I would make the you know best uh, team in the country. You know, PDA is very known. So that was, like, crazy for me. And then, you know, I didn't play a lot, like 10 minutes. Uh, my parents taught me just to make the most of any minute you play. You know, whether you play one minute, 90 minutes, 60 minutes, no minutes, just make the most of it, which started getting some love for me, was committed to Purdue. Um, and then my senior year of high school, the coaching staff got fired, so I didn't know if my scholarship would be honored or not. Um, somehow ended up doing um, an official visit to Butler, Alabama, a bunch of schools, and ended up at Butler. Um, so I think there's no one direction. There's not one step to follow, but I think just for me, giving everything I got, making the most of every minute, every opportunity, it led me to where I am today. So it's not always linear in the process, but um, it's all part of it. So I'm very blessed for my journey, and I'm excited for the twists and turns to come. Again, that was Paige Monahan of Gotham FC Striker, and one of my favorite things about that conversation was just how positive and the good vibes and what Paige Monahan's bringing to the table in terms of her mindset and how she's just constantly looking to get better and it's clear that like she's gotten herself in this position like the first player out of Butler University to get drafted right so um, clearly she knows what hard work is and she you know mentioned that numerous times during the interview but also uh, one of the other cool things I, I enjoyed from that was 
the Tobin Heath story. I mean, rookie year, and knowing what it's like to just be like, hey, rookie, it, it's your time. Like, get out there and let's make it happen. Uh, so it was it, that was a really, uh, really cool story. So, again, Gotham FC and, and Paige Monahan, I think they are truly set up to have a great year. It just feels like everything is coming together at the right time for this team. All right, we shift our focus to England. Chelsea, champions for the second straight year. They have been dominant over at England. You know, City finished two points back. They were right on their tails for the majority of the year, but Chelsea have just been too good. Uh, Too good this season under Emma Hayes. United were in the title picture. I am sad that they ended up in fourth outside of those Champions League spots, but still a great year, I think, for, for them in in the FAWSL. Arsenal coming in third. I think they'll be bitterly disappointed to have the year that they did to not be at least closer in the standings to, to City and to Chelsea. Uh, but Arsenal, again, are a great team. Those top four are, you know, really, really solid. So, you know, Chelsea, once again champions and can't really not there's not really much else to, to say other than they were just as as good as it gets really Emma Hayes is one of the best managers in the world uh period in both the men's and women's game period she just is and um the amount of care and time that she has put into building what she has built at Chelsea is truly something uh, spectacular seeing what they are doing and how their mentality monsters going for you know a quadruple and we will get to that later um, unfortunately that those dreams for a quadruple have been dashed we will, again like I said we'll get to that in a bit but yeah this team uh, is loaded right loaded loaded and gonna be I think you know a dominant force for years to come can they get that Champions League trophy I think that's really the next step for this team. Okay, before we get into Champions League final and some NCAA tournament stuff, we've got some other really important Girls Soccer Network news and some cool stuff we got coming in the pipeline that's going on right now that we wanted to let you know about. First things first, we got a new show called Ask Amanda. We hope you get the chance to check this out. It's an Instagram live show on select Sundays with mental health coach Amanda Ferranti. We've been working with her for uh, a little more than a year now, I think, and it's been a great partnership. Uh, Amanda spends an hour talking to a guest about everything from confidence issues to tricks for having a better club team tryout. Check out her confidence traits as she talks to one of her students, Dominican National League player, Mia Asenio. Here's the sneak peek, guys. So, and put it, putting that in another way, it's that character traits are a choice, right? We're not born being determined, all right? Yes, we might be in an environment that facilitates that or fosters that, but ultimately, you, you start getting involved in sports, and for all of us here at soccer, we do well, we want more, and it gives us a platform to demonstrate our traits. Again, that was Amanda Ferranti talking about confidence traits with, again, one of her students, Mia Seno. The second episode of the show is actually being recorded today with Gotham assistant coach Rebecca Moros. Rebecca Moros is a seasoned NWSL player, has played for a long time. I, I think she's got to be one of the few players to have played in two to three different you know, American soccer leagues that had either folded and, and come back into the picture. Uh, she has created the footy board. 
a portable soccer rebounder that players have been using to improve their games because it's designed to help you build the technical foundation you'll need to be successful at any level. Again, go check that out at thefootyboard.com. And this was a genius idea. If I could be totally honest with you, genius, genius idea um, to be able to take it with you rather than just, I mean, you could use a wall, but to be able to have this anywhere, there's you know just any opportunity you can to better yourself, right? Take it. So I would check this out, thefootyboard.com. Another important piece of news. This is awesome. Bethany Balser, Diary of a Striker. We've got a new blog series. We've partnered up with Bethany Balser, former Rookie of the Year. If you guys haven't been on our website lately, you definitely need to check it out. Um, She's going to be blogging for us all season long, giving us insight into what it takes to be playing at this level and how she deals with the highs and lows, as well as being the pressure of being a goal scorer. So, I mean, come on now, guys. Like, we like this is some Players' Tribune. Like, we get the opportunity to provide a platform for her to tell her story. And that, I think, is the coolest thing. Because, you know, Bethany Balser has talked about, in the past, the, the mental health issues that she's had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so, for her to be willing to share this with us and to be willing to to blog for us all year long and kind of track the rain season right and then there's also the fact that she's playing with players like pino and then you have all the other you know rain uh leon stars coming so like this is going to be the right season to tune in to this to this blog series guys bethany balser diary of a striker again go to www.girlsoccernetwork.com and check that out all right I mentioned a little earlier we would get to the Champions League final, and I think we can all say it was not what anyone expected at all. At all. No one could have seen this coming. And uh, 4-0, Barcelona just ran over Chelsea. And it's unfortunate, you know, Emma Hayes was the first woman to take a team to the Champions League final. She said she's been working her whole life for this, and you can and you know how much this means to Chelsea to get this European trophy. So, when that, with that being said, they gave up an own goal within the first minute of the match. They just were not ready. I think uh, Niam Charles got shredded down the wing by Leek and Martins the entire game. They could not guard her. She is she was unguardable. You know, the, Chelsea clearly missed out on, you know, not having Marin Mielda, who is such a big part of that team. I don't think you can overstate how important she is for that team when she's in the, you know, she needs to be in that lineup. She's a leader, um, a, a vocal in every area. She sets the example. She sets a standard um, for for Chelsea in terms of who she is and and what she's done and what she's accomplished. So to not have her was, you know, a big loss for them. But again, it didn't, I'm not sure how much it would have mattered considering Barca just the entire game ran all over them and everything Chelsea tried, it just was not working. Everything they tried, they would get one pass away and then their finishing in the second half was not nearly what it could have been if they wanted to somehow claw their way back in but 4-0 in the first half are you serious Barcelona learned from their mistakes having lost to Lyon and just took it out on Chelsea so you know Chelsea will be back I think they will learn from this and who knows if they're back in the mix next year because you know Lyon is always going to be contending as well Uh, Bayern Munich you know so there's going to be some 
some tough teams, and it's never easy. Plus the other English teams as well. So if you're Chelsea, I'm, I'm sure this this loss hurts. Uh, but they will be back, and Barcelona back back at the top. I think. For the women to be doing it, it just makes it better for me. I personally don't like the men's team, Barcelona's men's team. I don't like them. <laughs> not not that I don't like. I'm just you know I like Messi, but I just don't like. I don't like Barcelona. But the women's team, this women's team, I love this women's team. Man, so much talent, so much fun. Not just you know the, the way the tiki takas played, the way they passed, the way they played with each other. Barcelona is. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, I think, showing exactly what Spain is going to look like coming up. Like, they've built their program up, too. And Spain already, you know, gave the United States a lot of trouble at the last World Cup. And I think they've got a chance to continue to build on that. And they're going to be a, a tough, formidable team, as we saw through, you know, through Barcelona beating them. Now, of course, it's Barcelona isn't all Spanish players. There are other internationals in there. But a, a large core of that team between... Putelas and Hermoso and uh, Bonmati, right? A lot of that core is is from Spain. So Barcelona um, has arrived, and I think you know winning their first Champions League trophy is huge, and 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 they're definitely going to build on this. So um, European soccer is over for, or yeah, your uh, the Champions League is over, but we'll be back again next year, and hopefully, you know, uh, we get some more English teams in there. I try not to be biased, but I want to see some more English teams in there. Wow. And we like what's crazy is we've talked about the the Challenge Cup, the NWSL season, FAWSL Champions League, and we still haven't even gotten to the NCAA tournament. Okay, the final is coming up between Santa Clara and Florida State. Uh, The final four was Virginia, Florida State, North Carolina, Santa Clara, dominated by the ACC. Would we expect anything less? Yeah, Pac-12 wasn't, I think, in the mix as they would have liked to have been. Uh, But you look at you know, those final four matchups, Virginia had a real chance, a real chance to to beat Florida State, man. Dominated them in the first half, just could not take their chances. And eventually Florida State, you know, would come back, put the pressure on them in the second half. And um, it went to penalties and they beat them 3-0. So Virginia, that's a missed opportunity, especially because, you know, these ACC teams, they see each other so often. They've studied each other so much. They know how to beat each other better than anyone. So Virginia, you know, this was their opportunity, really, to to get to that title game. Diana Ordonez and Rebecca Jarrett, they've got some players. Rebecca Jarrett drafted by Gotham. So, you know, they've, they're, they're a perennial power, too, when it comes to soccer, and uh, they just weren't able to beat this juggernaut that is Florida State, Mark Krikorian, and this team, you know, Jalen Howell, uh, Yuji Zhao, and Sarah Madrill, they've got so many great players. Jalen Howell, of course, you've probably seen her make the U.S. Women's National Team camps, so like, she's next up, for sure. She's one of those midfield players that will be next up. The other game was crazy. Santa Clara is on a run for the ages they have won a title before i believe in 2011 and uh they've they've gone on a crazy run let's let's break down this run of who they have beaten in order to get to the final game all right so first right so they beat ohio state one of the best team one of the better teams in the big 10 then you beat arkansas who is might be the best team in the sec then you beat clemson all right, Clemson has been really solid for years in the ACC as well. So you go 
through the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, right? And then you and then you beat North Carolina three one. I mean, it really seemed like this would be the year for for Brianna Pinto and North Carolina that they were going to get this title back. You know, because it's been a minute. It's actually been a been a minute since. The Tar Heels have gotten a title. They've been getting to this point under Anson Dorrance for a while. Final Fours, championship games, but have not been able to win the big one for a while, even though they are still clearly ahead of everyone else in terms of the total. <laughs> it's been a minute. So for Santa Clara to to do this the way that they did, they pounced all over North Carolina, really capitalized on mistakes, and their their offense is what's going to be very interesting. You know, if Florida State defends the way they defended against Virginia in that first half of that game, Santa Clara is going to have plenty of opportunities to win this game. Kelsey Turnbow, I believe, is in the NWSL, was one of those drafted players who decided to go back. Was drafted by the Red Stars, right? So I believe she was a mid-round choice and one of the better players in the country. So, you know, keep an eye on this girl, all right? Keep an eye on her going forward you know at the next level but for right now Santa Clara right I I have a weird feeling they're going to be able to beat Florida State uh but at the same time uh it's 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 tough picking against Mark Krikorian and Florida State in these games when when he gets to this position when he and his teams get to these positions they've won so I I believe you know Florida State the number one team for the majority of the year is going to probably win another national championship under Mark Krikorian, but we will have to see. That's going to be a great game coming up on Monday, May 17th. All right, that is all that we have for you today, uh, episode 40 of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and again, thank you so, so much for tuning in, guys. We greatly appreciate your support all the time. Like, Again, just continue to to help us out. Share this with your friends. Share it with as many people as you possibly can. Put it on social media. Put the clips up. You know, whatever it is you need to do to get to to spread the word. And if you're a fan of us and this podcast, then by all means, get it out to other soccer heads. And if you want to debate with me, right? Get either check out Girls Soccer Network on Instagram, Girls Soccer Net on Twitter, or my personal handle. Rowan Detas 25, R-O-W-I-N-D-A-T-A-S 25. Again, if you want to debate and criticize my opinions, by all means, come. Let's let's talk about it. So again, thank you guys so much. Again, be sure to check out all the latest at girlsoccernetwork.com. Okay? And we will be back soon now that everything's you know starting to open up again. And now we've got uh soccer coming every single day through the nwsl not every single day but consistently we will be back so again thank you guys so so much for tuning in peace